everybody. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, and this is our San Diego Comic-Con interviews episode, which includes most of the interviews we recorded at the con this year. Each of the interviews you're about to hear are also available as separate videos, which you can watch at thegeekgeneration.com or on our YouTube page at thegeekgeneration.com slash YouTube. Our interviews this year include... From Batman Unlimited, Mechs vs. Monsters, Roger Craig Smith, Will Friedle, and John DiMaggio. From TNT's The Last Ship, Bridget Regan and Stephen Kane. From NCIS, Wilmer Valderrama. From NCIS Los Angeles, Daniela Rua and Eric Christian Olson. From Criminal Minds, Kirsten Vangsness and Tyler James Williams. From Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon, WWE superstars Seamus and Paige, plus Brandon Vietti, Matthew Lillard, and Gray Griffin. From Scorpion, Catherine McPhee, Ari Stidham, Jaden Wong, and Eddie K. Thomas. From the upcoming MacGyver, Lucas Till, and George Eads. From Sci-Fi's The Magicians, Jade Taylor, Lev Grossman, Sarah Gamble, and John McNamara. From DC Superhero Girls, Hero of the Year. Anna East Fairweather, Gray Griffin, Tara Strong, Stephanie Shea, and Teela Dunn. And lastly, from Con Man, Nolan North, and PJ Harzma. As you can tell, we have lots of interviews to get to, so let's get right to them. I have to do the whole interview like this now. Oh no. Oh no. Well, I, I, I can't I, even go that loud. I, I did low. a deep voice off with Troy. Did and, you? Uh, yeah. And he, did he beat he, you? He forfeited. He forfeited? He conceded. I, oh, I can go Dr. Claw territory. Holy cow. Mm. Can you really? Gadget. I'll get you next time, See? Gadget. Why? Here. Next time. I'm going to interview you from this point oh, forward. No. Like, well, yes. What would you interview me about? Nothing. I don't know. The, that, the th- deep this voice. This is as deep as it goes. Okay. Like, even like right. personality-wise. That's oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, you're very shallow? <laughs> that's it. It's just, just nothing. I've got the deep pipes. Yeah, that's that's it. really it. Other that's, than that, I have no substance. It's awful. Yes. Yeah. I'm here with Roger Craig Smith for Batman Unlimited, returning as the voice of Batman. Thanks. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. How that about that? Be, we'll go for the high voice. The off. kids would love that. Uh huh. Yeah. Can you? No. See. At a certain point, it stops. You, at a certain point, it, it just stops. Goes, <laughs> it just goes away. <laughs> just, yeah. That I happens. Can't do that. Yeah. Well, that's fine. So jealous. you're saying you forfeit? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. What up? You win everything. Winner. Everything. I, I win everything. Everything. So continuing to do, uh, voice Batman. Yes. Knock on wood. Giant mech suit? Yep. You don't have to voice that. No, I don't. Good. No. Yeah. You would be better for that with the... With the, with the <laughs> I need some effects on with, me, the, With the deep voice, yeah. No, he's in it. It's not like all of a sudden I become this new voice for the mech sure, suit. Sure, yeah. sure. That would be kind of cool, though. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. What if, what if, like the monsters, Batman was 30 feet tall? If, like, like in real life... Yeah. Which is kind of like as two grown men <laughs> sure. talking about, like, in real life, like, if Dude, Batman what was 30 feet tall, that'd like be so cool, bro. 30 feet tall. That'd be so neat. Uh, yes. Well, essentially what happened was we've got Mr. Freeze, who comes up with a formula that allows Bane and Killer Croc to become these giant mutants. Sure. And the only way to answer that is to get your own ginormous mech suit. So, yeah. But but I don't know that he would want to take his own formula to become a 30-foot tall version of Batman. True. Yeah. Because then he would just, like, he would just win. So much for stealth, yeah, too, exactly. right? That's true, yeah. You can't really, like, you know, sit on the edge of a uh, building yeah. 30 feet tall. Like, no one sees me. It's just not going to work that <laughs> Although, well. Although, yeah. great sketch. True. Yeah, it's true. That's true. It would be funny. It's a new direction. It's a new direction. So uh, do you have people in your life that you're excited to show, that you can show this yeah. stuff to? 
Yeah, I, I actually one of the one of the best things about being part of the unlimited series of of films is that it's like it's family friendly. So it's it, there's a lot of projects that I work on and just doing voiceover that it's like it's difficult for me to to have my friends show their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain video games I've been a part of where my friends go like, "Yeah, I bought this game for my kid." I'm like, "Ooh, don't do that." No, yeah. no, that's not so good. But with Batman Unlimited, it's a family friendly version of Batman, and it's and it's basically skewing to a younger, more family friendly audience. So what we get is the opportunity for kids. To kind of come into this and and see Batman for for what for what we've all grown to kind of love about the character, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a blast for me. It's it, it's I love being a part of anything like that because it's 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 the essence of being a part of anything animated. In, in my opinion, is like if it's for kids, it's like that's fun. That's yeah. that's such a neat thing. So I mean, it's I love doing like Origins was great. It was skewing to a more mature audience, but it's it's still cool. It's, it always holds a special place in my heart to be a, a part of anything that's you know skewing to a younger audience. Mm. So you're in this version of Batman now. Have you been approached to uh, reprise him in other forms? Well, if 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 I could even say that I that I have or have not, I would be violating very likely an NDA. Um, but uh, but but I would certainly jump at the chance to get to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes without saying. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, it wouldn't matter what version or what they want. I was I was saying like you know yeah Batman on Broadway, sure thing. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. Jazzy hands the whole singing, nine yards. Singing Batman? You're yeah, there you go. Exactly. You you're know. singing training too? It's over, or? Joker. It's a, yeah, we could do something. <laughs> oh, wow. We could do something. That'd be tremendous. Yeah, yeah right? Only if you're doing it, though. I okay, mean, good. Thank you. Otherwise, thank you. yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't exactly. see thank it you. otherwise. Thank you very much. Hired. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the toys and everything. When you see the toys, uh, is there a personal attachment to those? Or do you think, like, oh, those are the toys. Those aren't me. No, I... Well, yeah. It, like when people say, like you know, what's it like being Batman? I just go, I, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not. I, it's, I've gotten to voice it, but I, it's not like I look at it and go, oh, well, that's clearly me. I mean, I, I collect little things, and I have actually yet to collect. I'm, I'm probably going to wipe them out at some point. Uh, all the unlimited <laughs> series of toys. Um, but it, it is. It's sort of. I always use the term surreal, and I overuse it. But it's, it's the only way I can describe it. Like, like getting to be a part of anything like this, and getting to look at like a movie poster, or getting to look at like you know, own the DVD and watch yeah. the movie. And, and see that it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I got to be a very small part of that because there's so many people, the, the writers, the producers, the animators, everybody that's involved in creating all this, and yet I get the fun part of getting to be the voice. Uh, it's cool. And so when you see toys, I can understand and go like, yeah, that's that's from the the movie series, you know, for which I provided the voice of that character. But I don't look at it and go like, oh, that's me, you know. Yeah, so I guess you're, I, you're so much more humble than I. Eh. I'd be like, uh, yeah. I am Batman. And yeah, see, no, like, exactly. See, but I you don't do even voice. voice Batman, and I you just do it. tell people that you anyway. Do it. All right, yeah, you I should. Just walk around saying I'm Batman. You should. Yeah, always be Batman, right? That's the best advice I've ever gotten yeah, from yeah. anybody. Always be Batman. Always be Batman. Yeah. Awesome. We look forward awesome. to the movie. Thank you. And uh, so do I'm I. sure it's going to be fantastic, just like the other. I'm others. sure it is. How <laughs> could it not be? It's got me in it. I mean, come on. That's horrible. We're going to end it on that. After you said I was humble. It's a fair point. There you go. Thank we you. Are. Thank you. Always Thanks very much. Man. Likewise, man. Thanks. Hey, well, how, how are, are you, man? It's good, good to see you. Give you your own microphone Thank here. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Got to make sure we get the poster, and that's nice. important. Once again, not on the poster. Damn it. It's always green. It's because he's green. It just looks nice. Is, is it because Stephen Amell, like... That's what it is. <laughs> is that that's what it is. That's what it is. It's funny. I don't blame Stephen nearly as much as I blame Robbie, who I know. Oh. So I blame Robbie Amell. It has nothing to do with it, but I still just blame him for everything. And you could just send word through, yeah, right? To exactly. Him. Yeah, I'd be like, Come, just, do I you just, see this poster? I blame Robbie. It's the easiest <laughs> way to do. <laughs> I am here with Will Friedle returning as Nightwing in Batman Unlimited. Uh, second time visiting this role. Yeah. No. Third. Third. Oh, you're right. Third in, 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 in Limited, yeah, and right. then 
fourth as Nightwing total. Well, I have failed everybody. Yeah, seriously. Thanks. I'm out. <laughs> so, uh... It's our third one. In, in this one, we're seeing some big robots. It is. Well, it's... it's the joy of these is is somebody opened the head of a seven or eight year old kid and made a Batman movie. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. In the last one, you know, Batman's riding a giant dinosaur. Yep. And in this one, he's a giant robot. I mean, it's what you want when you're a little kid and you're playing with your Batman toys. That's why it's rated G because it's it's, when did it's a Batman kid's fantasy. Become Doctor Who. But that's what's, <laughs> when, when it's when you try when you make it for a seven year old. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the joy. So it's you know it's rated G. It's for everybody, which is what we love. Yep. And we were talking about the the kind of awesomeness of Batman where you're at a place where they're they have this one which is rated G and it's premiering the same weekend as the killing joke which is rated R um, and that's how Batman should be there should always be a Batman for everybody so yeah. Bruce Tim told me and he's absolutely right and, and DC in general is just killing it on these animated properties I mean uh, we yeah. talked to the DC superhero girls people too they're hitting every age yep. for everybody every genre every age every gender and that's the genius of of DC is that um, there's a superhero for everybody out there. It doesn't matter what age, race, gender. It does not matter. You will find a superhero in DC, yeah. and that's what's so awesome about it. Are there people in your life that you're particularly excited that you can show things that you've worked on to, like this type of stuff? Like nephews and say, yeah. yeah, I do. I have I have nephews, and it's always fun. And um, I'm I'm getting married in September. Congratulations! Thank you very much. And uh, so I'm I'm uh, inheriting two two new very very little nephews. Okay. And they are uh, just huge. I'm Unky Will, and they Unky, l- that's love it. They love the Batman stuff. So every time I get, we just had. Um, I was just Nightwing in the Batman Justice League Lego movie. Yes. So I got to send them, you know, the box sets. Oh, that's great. Where I'm also the, the Lego action figure that comes with the box set. So uh, yeah, Lego action figure. Do they have an Unky Will shelf? Uh, not not yet, but they better start building it. <laughs> so uh, it's really cool to be able to kind of experience because you know, it, it, being the actor or one of the actors on on the, the show is incredibly awesome. But you, after a while, you're in the booth and you're recording and you're doing what you have to do. You never get jaded because you know you're always playing a superhero and it's yeah. a ton of fun. But at the same time, you're doing it a lot. It gets it gets to be somewhat repetitious. Mm-hmm. So to, to then uh, see it again through the eyes of a little kid, you are instantly sucked back into the world, yeah. and you, it's, you look at it and you go, "Are you kidding? There's not this is the most amazing job ever." And you walk back into work with a little spring in your step again because you are you're you know there's a four or five year old kid who looks at you as Batman, and it's like this is the best thing ever. That's amazing. So, absolutely love it. Do you ever have to uh, do some discipline in the voices? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Go to your room. No, um, I don't. The co- one of the coolest things that happened, though, is when I, we were doing Batman Beyond. I think Return of the Joker was just coming out. Something was happening. Okay. Um, and my nephew, my oldest nephew now, uh, he's, he's about to go to college. Oh, I can't oh even boy. believe I just said that. Uh, was probably five or six at the time. Okay. And they're from Brooklyn, or we're from Brooklyn. And they came to stay with me in Los Angeles, and he pulled me aside. He said, uh, Uncle Will, come, come here said, um, I'm six years old now. I said, I know, buddy. He said, I, I think I'm old enough to see the Batcave. <laughs> and it was the coolest thing because he was so genuine and so earnest about it. It's like, oh my. And so I tried to get the, no shock on my face. I was like, well, maybe next year when you come back. And every year you're hoping like, okay, this is the year he's going to forget to ask to see the Batcave. But it was so like he pulled me aside and I think it's time. It's time for me to see. It was the coolest thing in the world. It was hard to tell him that this, you know, it, I was not out of shape Batman, thankfully. Um, but uh, yeesh, it was just the coolest. Yeah, That's that, amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, we certainly look forward to Batman Unlimited. You're going to love it. like just... So much fun. It is. It is again. It is. It's a giant Batman robot. I mean, come on. It's it's every little kid's dream. Absolutely. So uh, I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you again.
Appreciate Always it. a pleasure to see you. Thanks, man. How have you been? I'm good. Good. Yeah. 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 It was, it's been a long weekend. Yeah. But because uh, it's just boom, boom, boom. And it's taking the red eye back on. home to Boston tonight. Are you really? Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, I was going to see. I was going to publicly kiss your ass on the thing, and I totally forgot to. Because uh, at Rhode Island Comic Con, you were so great last year, staying oh. late with everybody and oh, signing all the autographs. I, love, I, loved I wanted to put that out there and make sure people know. Are you still doing your podcast? I am. Yeah. I keep getting all fucked. It's, it's, Dude, it's, I know. But I, know. I, want, I genuinely a, want to do it. I know, so I keep I know, favoriting it. So I'm yeah. like, I genuinely want to do it. I will it. make sure to keep reminding you. Okay, all right. Because right, we can do it like over the phone and everything. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. I promise you that'll happen and yeah. it'll happen soon. No worries, man. Okay, yeah, that's why I keep Because I'm always like, oh, shit, that's right. And then I'll favorite <laughs> it and then I'll be like, ah, so I've got a schedule. You've got a schedule. Right, oh, but we'll do it. Do you have, should I give you my email so it's easier for you? No, we will do this. I'm sorry. It will happen. No worries, man. And then we'll go from there. All right, cool. I'm throwing you remember. Are you kidding me? Like I said, this guy, the nicest <laughs> fucking guy in the awesome. world. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Thank you. I am here with John DiMaggio, the voice of Killer Croc in Batman Unlimited. Killer Croc coming up this hour on the hot spot here in Indianapolis' is best rock. I don't know what that meant. I just, I, and then I don't know why I said Indianapolis, but just felt like one of those old DJs. You know what they used to call them? Pukers. Pukers. Because yeah, because. Because coming out by the hour, it sounds like they're almost going to throw up. And, ah, wow. Hey, isn't that wild? Hey, coming up, we got to <laughs> we got to do some crazy stuff right now. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's, yeah. You don't even need me here, do you? No, nah, it's all right. Just go, just go away. <laughs> so I'm playing Killer Croc in this thing, right? And it's really a campy version of it because it's G-rated, right? So, so it's really great. Killer Croc turns in like kind of turns into Godzilla like him and Bane and then and then see what happens is 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 that's Batman of course but he's in a mech suit like remember Pacific Rim you remember Pacific Rim right that was cool right so so he's got one and and then and then Green Lantern gets one too so that's so that's really cool. And Did then you they just fight. call this guy Green Lantern. Well, not Green Lantern. That's the uh, who is he? He's got the arrows. Wait, he's oh he's so that he's the arrows. Yeah. Was he Green Arrow? Yeah. Who the hell? I I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember these things. I'm 47 years old. Do you think I? Uh, yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So all right. So that's the Green Arrow. Lantern. I don't care who he is. I don't care. He probably has a lantern in no, his house somewhere. No, he's got a lantern in his house. It's Green Arrow. You know what I'm talking about. And then this guy, that's Clayface. That's so, Clayface? Yeah, that's Clayface. That's Clay he's so, a lot angrier so, than I yeah, remember. No, that's So him and Killer Croc fight these two dudes, and guess who wins? You'll have to watch the movie. Because it comes out on Digital HD on the 30th of August, and then on DVD... And I don't know, maybe Blu-ray on uh, the 13th of September of this year. And they're doing it here. Um, and you're not here. So why? What, what are we talking of? Why are we? I think that's the greatest sales pitch I've ever heard I in my know, life. I know. It's awesome. And it's awesome. It's, it's great action. It's great fun. And it's, and it's the Batman world. You can't go wrong. What are you going to Why would you even bother missing this? Batman this monsters and robots? Yeah, no. Robots and like 30-foot Batman. I want thirty foot bat. I mean thirty foot bat. I want. I, please, please just watch this film. Please, I'm tired of talking about this. It's too early. I've been I've been here at Comic Con since Wednesday. I'm ready to fall down.
I'm, I don't care anymore. I love the stuff that I do. I love talking to you. It's wonderful. It's great. No, it's really fantastic. But I'm sick of everyone. <laughs> Have you ever had people like right up in your face for four days? I want. I swear to God, I'm going to snap like a carrot, and somebody's going to be my ranch dip, and it's not going to be good. That's all I'm saying. So yeah. So yeah. there it is. So yeah, I Watch had the fun. Movie. Killer Croc. Yeah. What? All right. Great. Done. Next guy. Next guy. <laughs> Thank next, you next, so much. Next guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was maybe the best thing. I'm here with Bridget Regan and Stephen Kane from The Last Ship. Uh, first of all, I'm a huge fan since Legend of the Seeker. Oh, no way! Yes, so uh, you've played Kaylin, uh, you went on to Dottie for Agent Carter, and now Sasha. Are you attracted to roles that have the action side to them as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just also attracted to. Um, characters that have um, feminine and masculine characteristics, I find that really appealing and sure. especially um, so in the case with Sasha, she's really navigating in a man's world and does it well and um, you know, it's an interesting time for the Navy, there's you know, they've recently um, allowed women in combat mm -hmm. and now women can become seals if you know they can go through the training it's so it, and i love playing a, a character that can hang with these really really tough men yeah yeah and uh steven uh the show is very grounded very realistic uh you can see the scenario playing out uh the way it has has it been challenging to create new difficulties for the crew moving forward they had to find the cure and then it's it's another new problem every new season well, it's always a challenge to come up with great stories for your cast and crew and ship to go through. And also the ship being so powerful, it's hard to find good, powerful enemies mm. that are realistic without being over the top. Sure. But the world is so chaotic in this scenario we've created that there's a lot of problems that keep arising. That There's no end to the amount of problems they can face. The question is choosing the right ones and making mm. them as dramatic as possible. Mm. And it seems like a lot of the characters on the show have multiple, multiple levels to them. Everyone uh, has so much depth. How do you create that much depth with such a wide cast of characters? Well, you know, it's funny. It's not so much the, the number of casts, which is a challenge. It's also just the situations they're in because they are in these high-intensity, high-incident situations where they don't have time to stop and say, this is my thinking, this is my backstory. They have to just act and behave. So you have to learn about them through the choices they make and the actions they do as opposed to them just telling you. Mm -hmm. So that becomes the challenge. How do you get the backstory on Sasha without... With, between her and Chandler, just the looks sometimes they give each yeah, other to tell you their history, mm -hmm. as opposed to the, remember the time when I was your teacher and you were my student. That's buried, you sure. know. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's Speaking of which, do you create a personal backstory to help you create those looks and fill in those voids? I, I do. Yeah, I, it helps me a lot, and also. Um, you know, this show, it's so high intensity and so full of, there's one challenge after the, after the, after another. And so we don't really have time to stop mm. and think about how we feel. And, yeah, you know, that's yeah. not what this show is. It's either, um, keep moving forward and don't hesitate or you or your friend could end up in a body bag. You know, yeah. that's the stakes of this show. So, but those moments, you do want them to be full and rich and, yeah, I did. I've been piecing together um, throughout the season. I kept learning more and more about Sasha each episode, mm -hmm. whether it be a skill that she can do, or a language she speaks, or um, you know, an exchange with Tom. Whatever it might be, it helps me fill in more and more and get to know her better, and you know, fall it's in love with her more. It's a great partnership too, because 
we created a character who has these language skills and then Bridget says, you know, I was wondering maybe if that was I raised on bases my parents yeah. in the military in Asia where I learned these languages and mm-hmm. so I, that's a great idea. So we, it, it's mm-hmm. a feedback loop where yeah. they bring as much to the characters as we do and then they live it, you know, which is great for us. Awesome. Well, I look forward to learning more about Sasha and uh, seeing you. where the show goes. Thank, Thank you so Thank you so much. much. Yeah. All right. I'm here with Wilmer Vondorama from NCIS. You're just joining the cast this season. Uh, yeah. We don't know much about your character yet. Can you yeah. tell us anything? Can't tell you very much about it. He's very, uh, he's a very unpredictable character. But what I can tell you is that he, he's been undercover for a long time, and okay. he, uh, you know, his communication with, um, you know, with NCIS uh, as an agency uh, was terminated a very, very long time ago. He was believed to be dead. His uh, cover is blown, and now he's returning uh, to finish a job he started, you know, back in Argentina. So, um, you know, he's a long wolf, mm-hmm. you know, he's not very stable, you know, he's been undercover for a long time, okay. and uh, the guy's going to be uh, toe-to-toe with some of, uh, some of the team, you know, but most importantly with Mark Harmon's character. So, uh, they're going to be butting heads a lot, but they're going to find some type of common ground, specifically for the first episode, so we're going to see that play out, and... Again, he doesn't play well with others, yeah. so you're going to see that play out Lone too. Wolves are always fun yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, and I have to just tell you that you were one of the best guests in Howard Stern <laughs> show history. Uh, it was such a thrill hearing you on the show, and I also really love the show Awake cool. that you were on. I was so sad when that went. Yeah, it sounds too, like uh, It sounds like you're going to have a character in some similar veins yeah, here. I think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's he's lived a double life, you mm-hmm. know, as a, an undercover agent, and he's you know, he started a relationship. He's been out there, you know, doing, being somebody else. Mm. So, uh, so I think we're going to get a taste of some of that. You know, Awake was a show that I felt like was, you know, was very, um, you know, was uh, very cerebral, but, you know, also really presented an opportunity. You know, how does your, you know, how did your life evolve based on these two events yeah. that seem similar, but they all dynamically change everything. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I, yeah, I was I was sad. You know, Jason Isaacs and I, are, and Steve Harris and I are still super close friends. So we Such talk all the time. Show. It, it was really an amazing was. cast too. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but we're gonna reunite at some point and, and do something else. You know, we definitely want to work together again. I look forward to it, and yeah. I look forward to NCIS. Thank with you, buddy. So, thank you, man. I appreciate Pleasure you, man. To meet you. Okay. I am here with Daniela Rua and Eric Christian Olson from NCIS Los Angeles. There are a few different NCISs. What separates Los Angeles from the others? Uh, I think ours is a little higher octane. Okay. Um, we have. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like a James Bond movie every week. Um, Gunfights, uh, car chases, huge explosions. The biggest explosion in the in the history of television that was not CGI was on our show. Really? Uh, end of season three. End of season three. That yeah. was my husband jumping out yeah, of that building. Yeah, out of the fire and got lit on fire. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a character-driven procedural drama. Yeah. Um, but it's got everything we love about big action movies and uh, uh, relationships. It's, uh, I think it's uh, it's part of a great NCIS family, but it definitely is, is contrasted in those ways, I think. Yeah, we have an amazing balance between comedy and drama and action and everything that you would want in a, in a production, I think. And so, you know, and then, of course, the subject matter, we appeal to a lot of sort of military families and people, you know, uh, so... Yeah, I think people enjoy watching us, inviting us into their home every Sunday night now at 8 p.m. Sunday night, 8 o'clock. New night. Oh, man, Sunday we didn't mention that in the panel. We didn't. You 8 p.m. Sundays on CBS. Uh, and, yeah, and so we're very fortunate that people enjoy sort of bringing us into their home, and, and we hope they keep doing that. 
You mentioned military families too. Is there um, an outreach and a research to military families now to see how they cope with having someone in the service? Or Yeah, there's a lot of that because our writers, I think, do extensive research about what it comes down to, whatever it is that's happening, the, the procedure of the week, but that being a catalyst of how it affects the relationships of the family. And that's what the show is. It's essentially about a, a big family. So, yeah, we have a lot of writers that have a lot of those conversations with um, psychologists and, and people from the Navy and, 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 uh, and how these catastrophic events uh, affect uh, the people that they love. Yeah. And even we, you know, if we're, if we're given something specific to play, like both of our characters have been tortured before, you know, they both, to a certain extent, suffer, for example, from PTSD. And, you know, you also want to kind of do your research and talk to as many people as you can that either are going through that or are family members who have been close to somebody going through that. So, you know, the writers do their research. We also have to do our part in that. Um, but, yeah, you try and stay as faithful as possible to the real, reality of the situation. Um, you know, it is a TV show. There is suspended disbelief or, you know, we're solving a major crime yeah. every 24 hours. Um, but, you know, we, we still try and be as human as possible. Great. Well, I look forward to what comes uh, in the future of the show. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you. I am here with Kirsten Vangsness and Tyler James Williams from Criminal Minds and Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Um, on Criminal Minds, your character is very colorful. Uh, you often get to be the comedic relief. Have you gotten to play around with your lines at all, or is it very much sticks to the script at this point? I I write most of my own lines. Oh. They, uh, they, let me, they let me do a lot of a poetic license, so a lot of what uh, comes out of her mouth has, is, a, is, a, is a co-creation. I would say in the last couple of years the writers now it's like a little game where they like actually try to be like well how would Kirsten write Penelope and then they kind of do that and then I so it's so on the money sometimes that I don't touch it sure. but a lot of times I'll come up with something and I'll write it down and be like I really want her to say this and then then they'll something will be close to it and then I'll stick that in and whatever so it's a, it's a really beautiful mushing and co-creation that yeah. I'm, I'm quite proud of Great. Mm -hmm. Well, it comes off very well. So, Thanks. nice job. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and Tyler, uh, you started off a lot, largely in comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, is this something you were gearing towards? Was comedy your focus, or were you looking to get into dramas more? Uh, I mean, I, I, it depends on the day for me. Honestly, um, you know, as as an actor, it's not any one thing. Okay. Uh, it's just I like the hills and the valleys of it. If I'm sure. doing one thing for too long, uh, it's driving me crazy. Uh, so yeah, I've kind of ping ponged back and forth. I'll probably just continue to do that, just because you know it keeps it fresh. Yeah, 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 definitely. Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure to meet both of you. Yeah, uh, I look you. forward to seeing how the seasons move forward. Thanks. Thank, thank you, you so much. Bye. Thank you guys. I'm here with Seamus for Scooby Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon. You get to play you in yeah. this. Uh, or a character Seamus, yeah. Character Seamus. And uh, you were also recently in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah. So you're just all over these franchises from like the 80s coming up. And actually Scooby-Doo is even earlier than that. Yeah. Are these things that you watched growing up? Yeah, absolutely. I was a huge fan of Scooby-Doo. as the Turtles. It's WWE. It's been really weird. Like it's, it's uh, 2016 has been a really, really good year for me. Um, and a lot of these franchises I've been involved in were stuff that I remember as a kid. Mm -hmm. So to be able to evolve in these, it's kind of like bit surreal you know what I mean but a lot of fun to do and when you get to the finished article and finished product like the movie uh, it, it's really cool that the, the artists um, who drew all the car all the W superstars and characters 
they got all the looks down to a T. It's, it's my, kind of my old look in this sure. before I came back from sure. injury, but uh, it's, it's actually crazy. Even Stardust and Goldust, they look amazing. Yeah. You clearly go through a lot of performance training as a professional wrestler. What from that translates over to voice acting, and what else did you have to learn coming into this? I think the voice acting thing was uh, it just, you know, it's different because you're just getting told what's happening at the, at the time, what the scenario is, and, and you'll give out a line, and it'll tell you what way they want it, and they'll direct you certain ways, because you can't see any of the art or any of the graphics. Right, right. But it takes a lot out of you. It's like getting in that boot, and you're sitting there, and you know you're you're going full steam ahead. Like it, it, just doing voice stuff and shouting, and you know shouting, screaming, or just doing deeper voices, or just doing intense stuff and grunting. And depending on yeah. what's happening, you're like you're driving, and like you know what I mean. It's just it, you're 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 still doing all those. Uh, you're still doing the physical uh, movements because you sure. want to you want to make sure that it portrays is what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So it takes. Literally, I got out of that boot, man. I was just like. Hold on to the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ah, what happened in there? Yeah, so it was fun, though. A lot of fun. Are there any other franchises that you grew up watching that you would love to be a part of now? Yeah, I mean, I was I loved cartoons as a kid. Um, obviously, Spider-Man was a huge one for me. Uh, I was a big fan of Venom. Mm. I love Venom. It's one of the characters I want to play more than anything. You got the build. Eddie Brock, bro. Eddie Brock right here. Worst news reporter ever. Uh... <laughs> uh uh, so the, a mask, huge fan of mask. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna geek out here. I, I just gotta. This guy's Dude, making this is the place for it. Go for it. <laughs> well, someone just made me these. Um, they're making me these like Matt Tracker and uh, Miles Mayhem masks. I'm kidding. Uh, like full size, yeah. Mask, like, like the actual. The oh hell, yeah. my god. Uh, Transformers, Thundercats, uh, Marshall Brave Star. Um, Brave Star, I'm going deep. Here. <laughs> Brave Star. It was a pole position one too. Yeah. I never got into Voltron. Voltron wasn't my thing. Oh, Centurions is another one. Dude. What did I have to change yeah. into the yeah, Centurions? I think one. they're making a movie. Centurions? Yeah. I heard I heard it might be doing a whole universe because like the whole like Oh mask. the Hasbro universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um but yeah, huge, huge fan of all that. Like Transformers too. Master of the Universe is another one. So yeah, I love cartoons growing up and of course. You, have, you know, Scooby Doo, the Hanna Barbera cartoons as well. You know, Jetsons, Absolutely. Flintstones. Yeah, man. Did I, did I ever leave the house? I was trying to think. <laughs> and my dad had to literally like just kick me inside the door and lock the door. Well, you at least made it to the gym, right? I, I made it to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> I made it for a long time of physical activity. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, um, but yeah, huge fan. But like being in something like this is great. Yeah. Um, and coming to Comic Con is, is fantastic as well, where everyone just can act like a big kid. You know? Yeah. Totally. Like who says we got to grow up? You know what I mean? Who says you gotta grow up? Grow older, but don't grow up. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like people, when they grow up a little bit too fast, or they act a certain way, like, oh, I can't like this because that's what children would like, or whatever. I feel that's very just like, you know, you're, oh, I'm doing what society says or what's expected of me. Sure. I know a lot of people who, like, you know, work hard, very successful, and, and still enjoy the stuff from their youth, you know, like this man here wearing a Ghostbuster shirt, one of my favorite movies of all time, Back to the Future. I went out and bought a DeLorean. What was I thinking? There must be so many uh, temptations down there. Oh, yeah. Don't ever get injured in WWE for, for six months. Because <laughs> after the first three months, you're like, I should buy a DeLorean. That's the best idea ever. Oh, wait. You bought a DeLorean. DeLorean. Yes. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I thought you meant like a toy no, or something. No, I, I bought a DeLorean. Nice. Oh, that's so sick. Hey, do you want to buy a DeLorean? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Goes over 50 miles an hour in a good, when you're going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute Good. pleasure to meet you. I love you. it, though. I love it. Uh, we look forward to the movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, great to see you. Great to see you, too. Enjoy the movie. It's a lot of fun. 
I am here with Paige for Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon. Um, you are playing yourself in this movie, which probably is a little bit easier. Yeah. Did you have to modify your personality at all for this type of entertainment? Can I just mention how incredibly your voice is and that you remind me of like a DJ or something? Is there any song you'd like me to introduce? Or? Yeah, <laughs> Just introduce me all the time. Just be my walking announcer. Um, sorry, what was great? I got so distracted <laughs> by your voice. I'm sorry. Look, I'm available for hire. If you yeah, want me to be your personal like, announcer, I'll do it. Like, oh. uh, Welcome uh, Mercedes to the stage. <laughs> did you have to uh, modify your oh. persona at all for this movie? No, I had to be a grumpy goth, and that's pretty much all I am in real life and uh, in the wrestling ring, too. So, yeah, no, it's perfect. I just had to, um, I guess, project my voice a little bit more when yeah. it comes to like voiceovers, so I had to shout a little bit, but... It was super fun. It was really cool. Did you have any idea this was the kind of stuff you'd eventually be getting into when you first got into wrestling? Oh my gosh, no, no. And like this is incredible because it is Scooby-Doo and like obviously you grew up watching it. It doesn't even matter what age you are. Like you yeah. grew up watching Scooby-Doo. Like it's so iconic. And then to be part of WWE 2 and then collaborating is literally so incredible and like it blows my mind every day i told them over there that my ovaries exploded i was so happy <laughs> puking rainbows everywhere since uh scooby-doo does a lot of crossover brings in a lot of guest stars are there other shows that you would want page to appear on as page yeah like uh like animated wise i, I already said uh as Paige, where I'd like to do, you know, Family Guy and Scooby-Doo and sure. stuff like that. Uh, sorry, not Scooby-Doo. Um, South Park and stuff. So, oh, God. Yeah, I was like, I'd love to be part of those shows. You know, adult comedies. And then uh, movie-wise, uh, sorry, TV show-wise, obviously, I don't know if I want to be like Paige in it because I don't think you could, but if I could be part of like, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, I'd be the happiest girl alive. Yeah. Or if Dexter could just kill me in an episode, it'd be great. <laughs> All the girls love Dexter. They just want to be killed. I don't, I'm, just, I don't. I'm in love with Dexter. Or you can just fall madly in love with me, and we can, you know. Well, I won't be a serial killer, but I'll be happy for him because he's, you know, killing bad people. This is so awkward. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you. We look forward to seeing the movie. Yeah. No worries. Thank you. Thanks. Watch Scooby Doo, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm here with Brandon V. Eddy, the producer on Scooby-Doo and WWE, Curse of the Speed Demon. There have been many Scooby team-ups over the years. Why WWE? Why reach out in that direction? You know, I, it, it's a great question. This is obviously the second one that we've done. The first one was called uh, WrestleMania Mystery. And uh, I think it's a natural team-up. I remember watching Scooby-Doo as a kid and seeing the Harlem Globetrotters on there. Yeah, and like really fun, you know, sport characters. Yes. And I think that's exactly what the WWE is. It's sports entertainment. And uh, Shaggy and Scooby are like ultimate fans of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So to me, they, they kind of blend together really well. Yeah. The WWE has a wide array of characters. How do you translate those over into the Scooby universe and make them work? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of silly and ridiculous anyway, but... It, it's tricky, you know, uh, it, it's very tricky because you want to really uh, stick close to the characterizations of the characters that we see in WWE. Uh, we obviously designed them to be pretty realistic caricatures of, of the characters. The Scooby style is sort of uh, really good at allowing us to do that. It's not too cartoony. So I think because it's a more realistic world in Scooby, we can actually bring pretty much all of the, the main points of, of all of the characters that are guest starring in the movie. So it's a it's a pretty painless transfer. I think that the challenge was uh, Undertaker in this one, sure, right? I mean, sure. he's, he's sort of our big guest star in this, uh, in that Shaggy and Scooby team up with him for this crazy off-road race that they're in together. And, uh, of course, he's sort of a frightening character on the WWE shows. Yes. And Shaggy and Scooby now have to team up with, like, this really frightening guy. 
which is great for comedy. I mean, yeah. that's I yeah. mean, they're they're big fans of him because they're wrestling fans. But at the same time, oh my gosh, he's scary. But we're fans. But it's sure. scary, you know. Sure. So you get that really fun blend of the two together. But you know, I mean, we really did have to make sure that we didn't make him too scary because we've got kids at home watching this, and we had to just kind of dial up a little bit of niceness with Undertaker, just okay. a little bit, sure. just a little well, it bit. Is a kids movie. It is a kids movie, and and you got to make sure that uh, Shaggy and Scooby feel good about mm-hmm. riding in a car with this guy. But not too good, right? Like that's that's the magic formula. So that's what that was. I think the the big challenge for us in the movie. Do you have a uh, dream team up to see the Scooby Gang move into in the future? A dream team up? Oh my gosh! Uh, off the top of my head, no. But I mean, I think that's the beauty of of the Scooby franchise sure. is that you can really bring a lot of different crazy things from pop culture into the Scooby world and it works really well and I think Shaggy and Scooby are really the key to that because they're such pop culture fans themselves and so to see them react to characters like WWE characters or or the Harlem Globetrotters you know I mean that's the the fun of it and and you get to have fun with a familiar franchise like WWE in an entirely different way and I I think that's really cool awesome well thank you so much for joining us Uh, we'll check out the movie when it comes out All right. thank you I'm here with What's Matt. What's up, bro? How are you? Oh, he's, he's right in. What's his name? That's Matt. I'm Matt. Why are you keeping him behind the camera? Look how handsome that bastard is. We can do... Should yeah. we... No, oh, okay. Because we can. It might put him stage, on the spot. Don't upstage but, me. Uh, <laughs> I'm here with Matthew Lillard, the voice of Shaggy. And uh, you've been playing Shaggy for a long time now. Yeah. From live action to now. How huge of it is a compliment to make that transition from one type of movie to the other? Uh, well, it's... I mean... It's the greatest job I've ever had. Um, you know, when our career ebbs and flows, if you don't work six months, nine months, you, I have a job to go back to. Mm-hmm. I have three kids and a wife, and generally that's a pretty good thing to have sure. something to go back to. Sure. Um, and then I feel like a custodian of something that's bigger than me. Mm. I feel like the part of Shaggy, which was first originated by Casey Kasem, um, was passed along to me and I think it's an honor to have that job and as long as it's my job I will sort of protect the franchise protect the character and and at some point I'll give it to somebody else lucky enough to have the job I don't know if this is something that the movie explores or not being in the world of WWE but does Shaggy have a finishing move I think he eats somebody's face. Right? And he like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, doesn't he like just rip your nose off with his teeth? Shaggy? Yeah. I mean does I mean it has to be something That's super brutal. It's, it's like, <laughs> I think he's a brutal I think if you push Shaggy to fight, if you finally get him to go, yeah. I think he destroys. Don't push Shaggy in the yeah, corner. You do not want to mess with Shaggy. When he's hangry, hungry, angry, hangry, hungry. Are you a fan of professional wrestling prior to this? Or? No, 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 I'm not. But I do like, I, I love these guys. Yeah. I think it's funny, like, when you meet people in this industry or you meet people and you're like, oh, I wonder what that guy's like. Nine times out of ten, I always find it interesting is that people in this industry, people who find success, people around for a long time, mm-hmm. are generally super charismatic and warm and fun and funny. Sure. And uh, these guys are no exception. I mean, they're Paige and Seamus. We spent two hours today just getting to know each other and, and great people and super kind. And it's just, I always find it really rewarding. Like, I don't believe half the crap you hear about people in this world. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing yeah, the movie. Thanks, man. Great to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thank thanks. you. I'm here with Gray Griffin, the voice of Daphne. This oh, is Jeepers, Rob. It's so nice to meet you. There's a creepy Smooth. mystery happening with the WWE. And Daphne's going to solve it. (laughs) 
obviously not your first time playing Daphne. Uh, your version compared to other versions, do you look to those or do you go to something totally new for you? You know, the circumstances of which I got this part, my mentor and teacher, Mary Kay Bergman, was playing this part and she passed away. So it was like a really heavy, sad time when I, you know, and her husband was like, no, she would have wanted you to play this part. But I couldn't even listen to her voice. I just couldn't listen to the tape they sent me to learn this part. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know what, I'm going to go in there and just do my version of it. And they said, you know, Gray, you sound so much like Mary Kay, which was such an honor because she was just such an incredible talent. So, um, no, I haven't really listened to the other. I mean, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo. I mean, I would get home, sure, sure. put my, you know, gross robe on and eat ice cream out of the carton and watch Kung Fu and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I had no idea I would ever be playing Daphne. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of been a thrill. Now that we have the WWE universe in with Scooby-Doo, did you have a familiarity going into it or is this a new thing for you? I know you've done one movie prior to this with them yeah. as well, but... Yeah, we did. That was a learning curve, too, just doing the first one. But um, I, I thought I knew a little bit more about wrestling, but apparently not because Seamus and Paige have been telling us like about all the little ins and outs and kind of fun things yeah. like improv and all that. Now that I had no idea what all went into it. It's kind of great. They were great actors. They didn't, you know, they were, you can tell that they... They're performers. Yeah. Some some wrestlers aren't that great. They were great. Uh, if Daphne had to step into the ring, God forbid, <laughs> would she have a finishing move? And do, any ideas on what that might be? Oh my gosh, she would bedazzle them. She would do the bedazzler, where she'd like hold you down and just like punch you full of like <laughs> shiny gems. <laughs> Again, a very violent thing. It Both you really and Mal went to super violent gem, stuff. Right here, right to the kisser. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thank us. We look so forward much. to the movie. Um, I am here with Catherine McPhee and Ari Stedham from Scorpion. Ari, I understand you're a musician. I am. As well. And you are also a musician. That's right. Any collaboration going on? We actually did a song we together. Did do really? Did you ever release it? It's going to be released this year. We have to shoot a music video. We have to do a bunch of stuff and talk talk about talk about certain releases because I am I'm a millennial, so I don't I know nothing about contracts. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, we did. It's called Just Us, and she kills it. She yeah. absolutely kills it. She's That's Kevin. Awesome. Uh, he's a really talented guy. He plays uh, music. Music. He plays instruments. He writes his own stuff. So I'm just kind of. I just pop in and put some vocals down. It was so good. It's fun. I I look forward to hearing that for sure. Um, Moving into the next season, you and Walter are Paige and Walter. You have a character. Wage, yes. Obviously, it's uh, will they, won't they going on. Do you have a personal preference to how that plays out? Oh, um, I absolutely think that that Walter and Paige should somehow end up together or at least have have a shot uh, how long that takes, I think, you know, I think Paige is ready for that, but I think she also is impatient with with Walter's progress. Um, and not because she is, you know, just impatient, but because I think she knows that she has a life to live, too, and she can't wait around for somebody. You can't wait around for somebody to, to, to be something that they're not, so... And uh, Sylvester has obsessions with a particular superhero. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, childhood obsessions that have stuck with you over the years? Oh, gosh. Childhood obsessions. Man, that's a great question. Um, when I was young, I really liked uh, food. <laughs> Food's good. Yeah. yeah. I'll stick with that one. <laughs> All right. Well, it was awesome meeting the two nice of you. I look too. forward to season. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you.
I'm here with Jaden Wong and Eddie K. Thomas from Scorpion. Both of your characters, Happy is a bit of a tomboy. Is that something that you were also growing up, or is it is it difficult for you to play the tomboy role? Is that not your normal nature? Um, I was definitely a tomboy growing up, um, so I can definitely sort of take a bit of that essence and sort of just, I guess, amplify it even more now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not... It's, it's easy when, when they give you the wardrobe, you know, the boots, the combat boots, and, and sure. that, that really helps, like, me as an actor ease into that. And, uh, Eddie, Toby's gift of having the, the reading of psychology and behavior, is that the gift that you would choose as a genius, or is, there so, is that too much? Like, would you prefer something else? I would definitely not. If I could choose the gift, yeah, I yeah. would definitely choose... Uh, her skill set. Yeah. I um I'd like to be able to not have to call a plumber. I'd like to be able to fix electrical problems. Yeah. And I got a deck that I want to pull up and I wish I could just do it. And then like I call people, it's like when you take a car to a garage and they're like, it's gonna be five grand, and you're like, I don't know if I'm being ripped off or not. Yeah, yeah. Um I just feel like I'd save a lot of money if I had Happy's gift. It's a good gift. Yeah. How about you? Would you would you prefer Happy's gift or would you lean towards something else? I actually would love Toby's gift. I so it's just a total swap right Yeah, it's a swap. I, yeah. just, I just think that um, to be able to read, like, study human beings, that's sort of the inconstant variable of, like, life. Everything, science, math, it's all, it can be oh, determined. Hi! hi. Oh, that's um, It can be determined. And so to have that type of gift... I think it's like, it's, it's, it's extra. Sure. And, and yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Well, I love the show. Thank and I can't much. wait to see what happens when we move forward. Nice to meet you both. Take care. Right. Thanks for Thank you. I'm here with Lucas Till for MacGyver. And this is not your first time playing a pseudo superhero, no, if you will. Not, yeah. uh, Havoc and X-Men yeah. and everything. Was there anything? Pseudo. Well, well, what about? Well, okay, okay. I get Havoc being the superhero, yeah, exactly, yeah. MacGyver being a real life superhero. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he has a power, but it's not mutated. Yeah. So, did you take anything from that experience coming into MacGyver? Is there anything? <laughs> I to said take? this earlier on the panel. Okay. It was. I mean, I got to. Uh, <laughs> I got to get all of that like. Oh. George is sneaking uh, in here. I'm just yeah. trying. I'm just trying. To, right. I'm just uh, trying to steal a little screen time. You're so stealth. Yeah, so uh, stealth. go ahead. Not, not unlike him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess uh, I, I got to when I played Havoc. I got to do a lot of cool things. Oh. Obviously, with superheroes like blowing stuff sure. up and whatnot. That's so I got that, and I got to just kind of be stoic and a little snarky every now and then. But now I. As for guy, I got that out of the way. Yeah. Which means now I can just be myself and feel like I've Lose. done that. And now I can, yeah, just, yeah, well, MacGyver's a little bit closer to me, so. You know that you're not the only superhero here, though, right? Because we got Captain Adam over here. Uh, we got Barry Allen over Captain here. Adam. Barry Allen. You have a veritable. Now these are animated, my friend. Hey, hey, hey. No uh, less. Very powerful. No less. Ne- you know what's funny very is neither powerful. one of us are familiar with the other one's work. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody keeps saying Havoc and clapping, and I'm like, He's I gotta watch that, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here yeah. just for your education. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really all. I'm ahead because in our trailer they have uh, you know TV, so I've been catching up on old reruns of CSI. They'll be having so. CSI marathons in there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your role then in MacGyver? How do you uh, interact with Angus? Well, and I've Basically said it just gets in the way <laughs> and other things like that. I, I have said it before that I feel like my character is this, you know metaphorical 
Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And I think that a, a young hero, it makes sense that that they're his partner. Maybe has been around a little bit. You know, I, I think if we're going to go back and we're going to really see this guy as a young man, mm-hmm. it's cool to see somebody have his back that maybe has a few whiskey dents on him. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. That has some miles on him, <laughs> can keep him from killing himself. Good to have the mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Through, through all my failures, <laughs> Jack has wisdom through all his failures. All right. Well, I look forward to the show uh, coming up very soon on CBS. And uh, very soon. Very soon. Yeah, yeah I, really soon. I really don't think people are gonna wanna are gonna wanna miss this. No, no. I know no. he and I have been talking while we've been shooting it, and some of the most fun we've ever had, either one of us, on anything we've worked on. So we really hope it resonates. But uh, I don't know. I, so we I hope. Think it will. But I think we I we think it. I, <laughs> Choose for yourself. We're a great time doing it. Choose Hopefully for you yourself. Have a time watching. That's the way to <laughs> yeah. sell it right there. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Pleasure Ooh. to meet you both. Absolutely. Me too. Pleasure to meet you. I'm here with Jade Taylor from The Magicians, and uh, your character, Katie, is yes. one of the only ones that doesn't exist in the books prior to this. Do you like having that freedom to build the character on your own, or would you rather have some background material like that? You know, that? I, I actually do love it. I think it's, it's for me, it's, um, it's really exciting because, you know, everybody else has sort of this character to go off of, but I get to really be creative and, and create my own interpretation of what they're writing in the scripts, and so for me it's been... It's been a gift to, to be able to just explore and have fun and, um, and yeah, create. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If uh, magic suddenly were real in the world. Isn't it? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to the sense that it is in the magicians, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would be uh, the first thing that you think you would do with it? Oh, my gosh. As corny as this may sound, but make the world a better place. Yeah. I mean, we have so much chaos going on in the world. And to, um, to really create unity and peace. Does that involve, like, yeah. magic missiles at the right people? <laughs> <laughs> just love beams. Just shooting yeah. love beams at everyone so everyone loves each other and sees that everybody is human. Yeah. You know? So. Awesome. Well, yeah. I look forward to season two so Thank much. You. I love the show. Yeah, That's great. Too. Awesome. Nice to meet <laughs> so you. Nice to meet you, too. Have a good one. I'm here with Lev Grossman, uh, the author of The Magician's Books. What sources of inspiration did you pull from when you created these stories? And why was this an important story for you to tell? This story came for me, it came out of my childhood obsession with the Narnia books, um, which were, I think, as they are for a lot of people, they were really formative for me, and I loved them so much. And when I got to be about 28, I became very aware of how poorly they had prepared me for the challenges of uh, later adult life. And I started thinking back, almost like, what would I say to C.S. Lewis if I were going to rewrite these stories but put in all the stuff that I'd learned later about what life was like and how it was crappy and hard? It was almost like I wrote these books like a letter to C.S. Lewis saying, I love what you did, and yet there's so much that wasn't in these books that I want to put in. Like Penny over there. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine um, I love this guy so much, so fucking much. It's true, he does. It's true. <laughs> When, when you're creating the stories, I imagine you have a visual narrative uh, yeah. running through your brain as well. Now that there actually is a visual thing that people can watch, how does that match up with your original vision of it? Sometimes surprisingly well. Yeah. Um, there's a moment in, uh, in the pilot um, where Quentin casts his very first spell and he just throws this pack of cards into the air and they sort of fall down under the table and they form this house of cards. 
I mean, it was just perfect. Mm. It was perfect. There are other moments where, actually, it, the stuff I wrote doesn't really work visually. Even though I had it clearly in my head, the beast is meant to walk around with a sort of branch in front of his face that conceals it. They just couldn't make it work on screen. Sure. So they put a flock of moths instead, which turned out to be scarier than the branch anyway. It was terrifying. I know. If I had thought of that, I might honestly have just done it that way in the books. Yeah. Is that something that's happened uh, often where you've seen something and been like, oh, I kind of like that. And just because the the different medium you don't like, you can still do whatever you want in the book world. Right. This is just, like you said, a different medium. They have to make changes and other other things that kind of went that route for you. Yeah. They figured out some stuff. Um, they figured out, for example, why Julia did not get into Brank Bills initially, uh, which she's possibly the smartest person character in the books, except mm. for Alice. Uh, there's no real reason why she shouldn't have gotten in, uh, but she doesn't in the books. She doesn't in the show, but they figured out why, which I never really did in the books. Hmm. So my hat's kind of off to them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I absolutely look forward to season two. The story's incredible so far, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Thanks, man. All right. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. I'm here with Sarah Gamble and John McNamara, uh, producers on The Magicians. Now, what was it about this story and these books that made you want to bring it to television? Uh, for me, reading the book, I bought the books just because Amazon suggested I would like them, and Amazon was right, so good <laughs> algorithm, Amazon. Um, I felt like it was speaking to me specifically as someone who grew up reading you know, Narnia and someone who was a huge Harry Potter fan. and. I feel like Lev did this thought exercise that was so appealing where he took these fantasy tropes that are so attractive and then he applied adult reality to them, grounded, real life, shades of gray, awful reality, and then kind of saw what happened. Okay. That was, to us, irresistible as a show. Yeah. What was it about books that appealed to you? I'm not a fantasy fan. No. So for, for one thing, it all felt very fresh. Like, like, wow, a school for magic. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Clever. And then I got into it and got into the characters, and it wasn't really until I realized what Lev's real intent was, which is to use fantasy to reveal the human condition. And then I'm like, then I'm done. Then I'm in. Because I was a huge, and still am, Star Trek fan, which is hard sci-fi. Same thing. You use these great characters yeah. in this extreme situation to illuminate the human condition or societal conditions, you know? And so that's what I grabbed on. Once we realized, once I read that Martin was the beast, I was in. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, Star Trek series? Any in one in particular? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm old, so I'm really into, <laughs> you know, uh, the original, original series. I did like, and, and I thought... I liked it first and then thought Next Generation got really, really, really good. And I'm told by my diehard friends that actually the last season of Enterprise is fantastic. And I've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. All the writers are huge Trekkies. Yeah. I think, although I didn't notice we were doing this at the time because it's like natural as breathing, but there might be a Star Trek reference in every episode of season one. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a, a huge one well, in Well, now you're giving me a scavenger hunt. Yeah. <laughs> episode four. Yeah. Season one. Uh huh. Huge. If you want to tell us what it is. Sure, I mean, I will. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, Quentin's in a mental institution. Yeah. It's actually a, a spell. Yep. Alice is another crazy person, and she says to him, you have to save me, you have to save me. 
This is all a cage, a menagerie. Oh, We're trapped. Yeah. You're a starship captain. You're supposed to get me out of here. And and the actress Olivia, because she's so young, had never seen that episode. So I had to explain to her what the references were. Then she went and watched. And she's like, "That was a cool episode." Yeah. Well, I love the show so much. I can't Thank wait to you. see season two. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you. All right, I'm here with Anna East Fairweather, the uh, voice of... Supergirl. Supergirl. Yes. That's awesome. This one, right in the middle. That's she's, awesome. She's right in the middle on this uh, on this poster. I don't know if I, everyone saw that, but um, <laughs> I am in the middle. So That must be extra exciting for you. <laughs> it is extra exciting. <laughs> yeah. Kind of lead here. Um, and uh, it didn't seem like you had a ton of voice work. No. In your credits prior to this, no. uh, I know you're a uh, UCB comedy alum. Yes, yes. Um, I'm into comedy myself. I do nice. some stand-up here and there. Oh, uh, But yeah, know. comedy going strong here. But yeah. so what was it about this, or how did you get into this project? My wonderful agents at Osbrink, um, a little shout-out, uh, they sent it to me. And, you know, the voiceover community is such a strong and small community. It is, it is. And with amazing people, you know, it... It's hard to kind of break in. Mm -hmm. So it was just a kind of a process of auditioning for different projects and getting my foot in the door. And then Supergirl came along and it was just a perfect marriage, you know, because she, you know, crash lands on Earth and she's new to the game. And so am I. So Warner Brothers really nailed it. Nice <laughs> parallel. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Have you, you been know, thinking about it all day? Make connections. Yeah. You know? That's the improv background right there, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, it is. Picking it up real quick. <laughs> So, did you have any prior connection to these characters coming into this, or is this like a whole new world for you? It's a pretty whole new world. I mean, Warner Brothers, there's anything Warner Brothers do, I'm I'm into, does, I'm into. And honestly, really, I mean, Superman and Batman were kind of my, like, superhero connection growing up. So, it's so wonderful to finally have a female connection to this world, Mm. because it's so wonderful. I mean, growing up with an older brother, I always wanted to get in there and, like, play with the boys, and now the boys are going to want to play with the girls. So, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Do you think if something like this existed when you were younger, you might be more into superheroes now? I I would be a superhero if this existed. I would. I mean, I am still. You you are. I mean, this is pretty amazing. Well, would you be running around in the street? I would be I would be less worried about being proper and clean and yeah. you know respectful. No, that's horrible to say. <laughs> um, but I would I think I would be just more myself. You yeah. know, I think growing up with these girls, it's like they're learning about themselves. They're a little timid. They're scared of of who they are. Especially Supergirl, she, she's scared of her power. She doesn't sure, know how to use them. Sure. And you know, we're powerful people, so something like this would have been really, really nice to have. My niece gets to watch it, who I'm obsessed with. In every interview, I've talked about my niece. Yeah. And I've, I've she's been incredible. doing the same because my niece is six years old. Oh. So this is perfect for her nice. age. Yeah. My, my niece is turning five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're obsessed with our nieces. <laughs> <laughs> Do you show pictures everywhere? <laughs> like, I am. Uh, uh, I niece am not They're now. twins, so. Oh, oh yeah, I, I so get to good. go too. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's unfair. <laughs> yeah. It is. I have a nephew too. I mean, I should talk about him more. I feel bad, but it's kind of you know but he'll get into. He's this. gonna like this too. Yes, I've heard it's so action packed that he's and it he is. loves all these characters just as much. Exactly. Oh, that's good. That's good. Plus, yeah. he has a twin sister that you know. They're gonna tag team. That's gonna be great for yeah. them. Yeah. And in this film, you get a lot of action. Yeah. 
a lot of action, more than the first, I think. This so. is very exciting. Very exciting. I'm excited about everything with this. Yes, very everything. excited. Very awesome. Exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so us. much. Thanks for having me. I am here with Greg Griffin, the voice of Wonder Woman on DC Superhero Girls. Um, this is not even the first time you played Wonder Woman, and you played multiple versions of Wonder Woman. So are there nuances between those, or...? Well, you know, when I normally play Wonder Woman, you know, she's an Amazonian princess, so she's a lot, she talks a lot more down here, and yeah. she's very, you know, come on, guys, let's go. You know, and so I started doing that, and this, and I'm like, uh, no, she's like 15, you can't, and, <laughs> but, then, but then you can't talk like this, because that isn't, you know, and so so I just I just made her just as earnest, but, you know, just a little bit younger. So um, she's still got that earnest quality, but yeah. uh, she can't be like, uh, not that Wonder Woman's smoke. Wonder Woman's, <laughs> I'm going to get fired. Um. <laughs> Is this a property that, uh, this is just the time for it to really make something female-centric because everyone's been asking for it for so long. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't understand. I mean, I, I, playing mostly female characters, it was so sad to go to a store and see, you know, I would see the characters and, and, and they wouldn't even make my character. They'd yeah. always make the guy characters and it was just so frustrating. And I thought, I bet they'd buy a few if they made, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty badass character, you know, whatever I was playing. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice to, to see this because, you know, and I'm glad that people are buying the merch and, you know, like... The, the purses and the backpacks and like I want I want the stuff I mean yeah. I, you know it's gonna be popular when I was like oh I like that you know you're doing yeah, a great I've job gone to, um, I've gone to several conventions I have a, little, a lot of friends that do cosplay and stuff and they've seen the figures and they're like oh those outfits yeah and then the, they're the ones, like, they're my age buying the toys off the shelves, and then the little girls are buying them, too. Like, yes. this is really hitting I love every it. level. And who'd have thunk? You know, you do so many things, and you think, I hope, when I did this, I thought, oh, God, please. I just really hope that that works out for them. And then I was just so happy that yeah. it did. So, And Shay Fontana, the girl who created it, is just such a nice person and just such a has such great ideals and is really trying to do something different. So, When you were uh, younger, if there was a property like this when you were growing up, that you could latch onto and kind of find your voice within it. Do you think that would have shaped your interests differently? Well, I had Wonder Woman underoos when I was little. I, I was like, I was cosplaying at, you know, six. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my friend had the ISIS underoos, and I was like, oh no, Wonder Woman, that's the star. Um, <laughs> and watching Linda Carter and all that. So I feel like they were the beginnings of it when I was little. Um, it's just, I can't believe it just took us this long to get here, you know, and, I'm, and it's just about time, and I'm, I, I think. The world's right for it. Yeah. <laughs> what parts of uh, Wonder Woman's character remain completely intact? I know they would have had to change some things based on her age, but what remains at the core of Wonder Woman with her? Well, I just feel like it, she really is the same core Wonder Woman. I mean, well, you know, she's very believes in justice and truth, and and she's just a really good friend. You know, mm -hmm. and I the, the interesting thing about playing this is just seeing where woman where Wonder Woman came from. You know, mm -hmm. like just you see this incredible superhero who's just always there for her cohorts and everything and then to go back and see like where did she come from like why does she act like that and why you know we've been trying to incorporate some of that um she's about to get her driver's license so we might see some invisible vehicles soon um which will be fun That's to see hilarious. her like the first time she gets to drive the invisible car That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah. Very exciting. Well, uh very excited to see this property existing. Uh, I know a ton of people are just going to eat it up. They're already watching the content. They're already buying the toys, obviously. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys.
I am here with Stephanie Shea for DC Superhero Girls Hero of the Year. Uh, this property is going from the shorter form to now yes. the larger yep. animated film version. Yep. Um, what kind of new opportunities has that given to you on this? Well, I think that the biggest thing is now we get to delve into like an awesome story. Mm. Before it was like scenes, almost like skits, sure. and they were, they were fun. You know, you got to learn a little bit about personality and stuff. But this is where we get a full story. There's a villain. In, there's twists and turns, mm -hmm. um, and also with the shorts. Look, I mean, this is not even the full cast right, right. of the of right. the heroes, and so you can't fit all the characters into those shorts. Yeah. And now with this feature length, um, you can have a lot more characters in it. Is it uh, particularly exciting for you to be involved in a property where I mean, you look at the poster, and like you said, this is not the full cast, but female-centric, yeah. finally something for yeah. girls to watch. Yeah, and I was saying this, too, is, like, um, like I was kind of nerdy growing up, mm -hmm. you know. I watched, like, Voltron and, and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things, like, girls who like that kind of stuff, that, well, at least when I was little, you would see the cast would be, like, all boys, and then, like, one chick character. Yeah. And so, like, as a girl, all of the female audience would be kind of, like, we could only relate to the one girl, mm -hmm. you know. And so, but, you know, us women... I'm sure we all know, are very complicated and have different interests and different personalities. Sure. And so now with a cast like this and all these different characters, you can have the female audience be like, oh, I relate to this character, or I relate to this character, I like this because of this, and that's really, really cool. So now it's no longer, oh, that's the girl, I have to relate to yes. her. It's, well, which one? There's so many flavors right. to choose from. Right, like you don't, instead of like, oh, which character are you? You don't say like, oh, the girl. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, right. So. That's awesome. And uh, this version of Katana, too, is obviously very different. Katana's uh, a very mysterious character. Does she keep a lot of the things that make Katana Katana? I think the thing that she keeps is that even though she's very supportive of all the other girls, mm -hmm. she's a little bit aloof. Okay. You know? So there's that in there. A lot of Katana's, you know, from from her backstory from other properties are super dark, mm. you know? So, and that's all... I would imagine we'd be post this because it's high school, you know. Yeah. So they're they don't really touch on that so much, but she is very confident um, of her own abilities, mm -hmm. and so depending on the situation, she can be prickly. But really, down deep down, she's supportive of all the girls. Okay. Yeah. How does she get that in the school? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's look. What about this and this? <laughs> they have a very loose weapons policy <laughs> there. <laughs> they, yeah, they 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 have a they have a trust. Yeah, the, yeah. They're expected to know how to handle all their arsenal. Well, you know, I think a lot of the teachers are very qualified in case something happens. This is true. Know? This isn't your normal school. Yeah, it isn't your normal school. And all of the students, most of the students, have a very good moral compass. So yeah. that's. That's a uh, that makes it a little safe. <laughs> Not that a villain won't come over and like brainwash someone or you know. Right, right. Oh, you know, <laughs> as they do. As they do. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. We look forward to the movie. Thanks so much. All right. I'm here with Tara Strong, the voice of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. You're doing double duty on this one. I am. Actually, triple sometimes. Well, triple. not this movie, oh, but okay. I just did another DC Girls and Raven was in it. So oh, it was okay. Raven, Harley, and Ivy. So that's nothing new for you. I mean, they're like, here, you got to play all these, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Here yeah. you go, Tara. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you're the classic Harley Quinn. 
obviously. Uh, everybody knows you. And this is a very different version of Harley Quinn. Did you have to make some big changes for that, or is it like falling back in, uh, into old shoes? Uh, well, in terms of um, changing her voice, it's obviously very different from, you know, the dark, brooding, sure. <laughs> murdering <laughs> Harley. Um, and I just, when you know, when I do her, it's like she's in high school and I don't even think about the other Harley and I just sort of go into her voice okay. and she's definitely happier, higher energy, younger, everything's great. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, the girls are like in dire straits and she's like, I'm going to be doing your room. Like, everything's just like happy. So it's definitely very different but once you, once I sort of create a character, they like live up in my brain and mm -hmm. I just pull them down to play. So. Is it hard to keep them up there? Or Stay just up there! <laughs> fall I mean, down. I definitely do voices all the time but, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, Harley and Ivy are generally more of the villainous type. They tend to kind of go both directions, though. This version of those characters are not as much villainous in this. No, this no. is before everybody gets jaded. <laughs> this is still happy time. Yeah, everybody's yeah. still friends and having a good time. Friends. Yeah. Um, and in this one, too, I've heard the it's very action-packed. Yes. Compared to what you would consider a traditional female property. Yeah, I mean, all these girls really kick butt, and I think the world is ready for more women kicking butt superhero characters. 100% agree. So, yeah. And um, in this movie in particular, it's a lot of action. I mean, Harley's role is pretty much kicking butt all over the place in this yeah. movie. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, like younger kids in your life or nieces or nephews that you're like very excited to show this to? Like maybe there are certain things that you couldn't show them because sometimes DC does like to put out more adult-oriented animated movies. So. so I have two boys. They're 11 and 14, and okay. they don't want to see this. No. <laughs> but they do like a lot of the other stuff that I do. Um, and actually let my son watch The Killing Joke. Oh. Bad mom. <laughs> but um, he loved it so much. My 14-year-old loved it yeah. so much. They like the kind of darker, except they do like Teen Titans Go. I don't know. They're crazy. Um, <laughs> all over the place. All of this. They're like me. Probably my friend's daughters. It'd be fun if I could take them to a screening of that because they're such great role models. Yeah, yeah. Does it kind of blow your mind the age that we're living in right now? To like, you just mentioned the killing joke. Like we're putting out that right now. This Teen Titans Go. Like the gamut is every age range. Yeah. For every person. Yeah. I mean, I really like it. There really is something for everyone. So it's like the killing joke is obviously not for children. It's R-rated. But right. then there's all these other versions of great superhero stuff for teenagers. And then there's other versions for little guys. I mean, all the Lego stuff is really taken off. Yep. And there really is something for everyone. And I think it's a pretty exciting time. And there is like a, uh, people always say that Pixar is the thing that kind of hits every age range. But the, the Lego movies, certainly, like, I watch those with my niece and nephew, and they're laughing at all the slapstick, and I'm getting the meta jokes. Like, it, it is really still for everyone, of and course. this seems to be very yeah. much the same way. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing this movie. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. I'm here with Teela Dunn, the voice of Bumblebee in DC Superhero Girls Hero of the Year. First time this property is going full length. Yeah. Going from the shorter format to the full length, which yes. must be very exciting. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. <laughs> and it's just so cute. Oh my god, like look at them. I love yeah. how they each have like their own look. And the Bumblebee's costumes. pretty stylish, I gotta be honest. Yeah. She's very cute. Now, I feel like you could cosplay. Right, I, honestly, right? I feel like they kind of made it look similar to me. Like the streak, the lips, you know. How have you not demanded that costume for yourself already? Honestly, I don't know. I have the doll in my room because they have dolls now. But, yeah, I probably should do And they're that. excellently made. Oh, my God. They're amazing. And always sold out. Always. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> so your character compared to the others has not had a lot of media adaptation off of the pages so far. Mm -hmm. Is that very freeing for you to kind of build the character for yourself? Yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, I was really able to take Bumblebee and kind of make her my own. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, what's really cool about her is that out of all the other characters, she's very... She's super caring. I mean, she cares so much about her friends. I mean, she's basically the best friend anybody can ever ask for. Like, mm. she'll sacrifice anything and help everybody. And she's just always putting others first. Mm -hmm. So I think that's such a great quality to have. And on top of that, she's very sassy. So I love that. I love that side <laughs> of her as well. <laughs> With a movie that's uh, as action-packed as this is, is the uh, recording of the action scenes very awkward like you have to make all sorts of weird noises oh my god repetitively. i mean the noise is not so much but definitely the movement that i do inside of the recording studio yeah. is like insane i'm like flailing my arms i'm like just doing all this crazy stuff because you know it's really with voiceover it's like you have to do so much emotion through your voice but like you can't use facial expressions or anything right. it's not like actual tv so you really have to move your body to get the action to come out of your voice so, so that's yeah. a whole separate movie it is right a there. whole separate thing i do like <laughs> dance moves you don't even want to know <laughs> the Dance moves we definitely need yeah. to see. That's behind oh, the yeah. scenes. Behind it's not the included scenes. on the disc. We need to put you know, it on there. You know, we, we might have to add that, you know, as a little, you know, plus one thing. But yeah. no. <laughs> that would be really funny, though. Awesome. Well, I look forward to the movie. It was yeah. a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thanks Lovely meeting you, too. Bye, guys. The next interview we have for you is a little different format-wise. Unlike the others, this is a sit-down at a table with the talent and various other press outlets. And the audio setup has to be a little different for recording these. The audio isn't quite as good as I'd hoped, but the content is still well worth listening to, so I hope you give it the time I think it deserves. As there's also no formal intro to this one like the others, this is with Nolan North and PJ Harzma from Con Man. So the series is returning for season two. Yep. Obviously, we have a network change, too, yep. in that as well. So why why the change there? Well, we uh, wanted to go bigger, better, larger. Um, we were always looking for a champion of the show, somebody that would understand what we were trying to do. And we'd originally gone to traditional studios back in the beginning and mm -hmm. weren't sort of satisfied with finding a partner that would let us do what we'd wanted to do, which is what was season one was. And uh, I had been talking with Seth over at the Comic-Con HQ and uh, it, this became the perfect partnership and they let us go do what we wanted. And we turned the script in and they gave us one single note. That was it. Oh, wow. So, Which is uh, rare. Yeah, from, it's totally rare. Studios usually like to get their yeah, so, fingers in the pot a little bit. And it's a little bit of a misnomer now. People call it, you know, still referring sometimes this is a web series because it's not. Yeah, no, it's because technically now we're a, we're a, what did I say, a digital premium network. So that's what Comic-Con HQ okay. is. Yeah. So, you know, you have, still have to go to television to watch it. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah just like like a Hulu, Netflix, Comic-Con, HQs, yeah, that yeah, type of thing. thing. And everything's, I'm wondering like, what the new term's going to be, because eventually you're not going to be able to say TV show or website. <laughs> yeah, or what the unions are going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because the unions still categorize digital networks like Netflix, Hulu, and all that. They still get categorized onto the new media, which envelops the web stuff. Sure. So you know in the next ratification they're going to slice that one down the middle. In the studios, there's a whole change of what, what's going on. You know, I have a friend on the, who's on a sci-fi show, mm -hmm. um, 12 Monkeys, and had a great first season. And season two, the numbers dipped. But, you know, they're, they're trying to get the network to realize that people watch this in their own time. Now. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, they don't absolutely. tune in at a certain hour, and that's how you get, gauge your ratings. And they were waiting for, you know, they're waiting for the whole season to be filmed so they can binge watch it or just have it at their disposal. So, you know, I think our show is one of those things that's on the kind of the, the cutting edge, the fringe of what 
what is the future anyway? And it's, what, not, the future's now. I mean, I know that sounds kind of hokey, but it, it is. And we're, and we're just in the, you know, at the ground level of everything. Yeah, and it's very digestible, the, the episode lengths and everything. Exactly. So someone could just fall into one. And it's, it's like popcorn, too, because you, you have the one, and you're like, well, the next one's not yeah. that long. And then the next, and you just write yeah, that. Now we're delivering it two ways. We're delivering it in a little 10-minute bite, mm -hmm. and then we're also delivering it as regular 22 half hours. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's foreign. Lionsgate foreign, right? Yeah, Lionsgate foreign will distribute it as traditional. Season one and two will be combined together mm -hmm. for a 12-episode half hour series Excellent. overseas yeah. so will we be obviously where we left off are is this whole season going to be spent with the whole process of filming the movie no so it's about four months after we left before and uh, nathan's character jack moore finally has the rights now and he's going to go make spectrum and he wants the cast and he and ray nearly you know doesn't want to do it so he promises him jack promises ray that he'll get him some legit uh, work if he goes on the cons and promotes the show to build up a you know a fan swell and that's when Ray's, Ray, uh, Ray nearly gets the part of Dr. Cop Lawyer so there's a half hour or one hour <coughs> procedural called Dr. Cop Lawyer yeah and basically uh, making it's Alan's it's a brilliant idea Alan it came up with that you know every procedural is about a doctor or a cop or a lawyer so might a guy named Dr. Cop Lawyer <laughs> and and uh, yeah, he couldn't save his he couldn't save his wife he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't prosecute his wife's killer over a technicality he did as a cop, and then screwed it up when he was the lawyer, and then they died on the table while he was a doctor. So he has to carry this triple burden with him yeah. for his life. And I think season two is interesting because you know, for some people who felt like season one was like, well, it's about cons, and I don't know that I'm not in that world. You know, this is. Uh, we've talked a lot about how it just seems like you, you learn more about. Um, Bobby, you know, Mindy Sterling's character. You you get to go to, uh, Jerry Lansing has his own uh, acting studio and where Ray comes for some acting advice. You know, you're starting to see some of the, the main characters outside the world where they all meet together at a con. You're, you're starting to see how the whole uh, landscape of the, of the, the show kind of and the big, uh, the big where it goes. The big surprise this year is we actually do a musical. Yeah, it's always a fan favorite. We do yeah. it, starring Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, of mice and men, I'm with stupid. Yeah, renamed. Oh yeah, and and of course he corrals Ray into it before he knows exactly what he's getting into. And uh, but, but Lou wants to play uh, Lenny. No, Lou wants to play George. George. Lou wants to play George and wants. Alan Ray Lenny. to play the, <laughs> yeah. the the hulking man child. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Uh, it's good. And you play you, your character. Well, you, did and, you and see the trailer yet? Oh, you got to see oh, yeah, the trailer. Yeah, you, yeah, you saw it out there. Yeah. yeah. And and I and I convinced Lou to let me play uh, mocap. You know, Jerry always wants to mocap something, so he wants to mocap the Candy's dog that they shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but uh, Jerry decides to milk the moment a little longer, and we had Tyler Labine who did um, uh, a ton of stuff. But he's, uh, yeah, we did the, the uh, Dan, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Tyler is the plays the guy who shoots and. He and I met that day and did this scene, and most of it we just. Alan gave us one note at the beginning what we were going to do, and he said, "Then just go until I yell cut." And it went forever. It went and just forever. me, just basically, you know, in a Chewbacca costume and a nose. The line producer was pulling me off to the edge to the edge of the set and goes, "Listen, we have shot about thirty minutes of one line in the script. It was just <laughs> yeah. and the dog dies. Yeah, yeah." 
and the dog dies, but the dog doesn't die easily. So it, it, yeah, it was it was just brilliant fun. Again, you know, and in, in, with Alan, we have a full writing staff this year, yeah. and just Alan and and our, some, a couple of other directors that jumped yeah, in. Yeah, we had a couple other directors this time, so we're getting bigger and uh, big production value. We had an obstacle course this year, and. Uh, Liam McIntyre was in it. Laura Vanderwoort. We had a Stan Lee was in it this year. We had uh, John Huertas came over from Castle and did a part. And so lots of cool guest stars again. Was the rest of the entire cast be able to come back? Everybody could one? come back. So all the entire cast is Spectrum: Skylar Day, Lisa Lapierre, Amy Acker, Henry Rollins. The... I lost my mind when I saw Henry Rollins on screen. Yeah. So did I. So did I. I didn't even. I saw him in the trailer. I'm like. Why didn't I work the day Henry Wallens was there? Come on. <laughs> and this year he plays a FICA. He plays a what? A FICA. A plant. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that an alien race I'm unfamiliar with? Oh, oh wait. No, a plant. Wow. Yeah. And I'll just leave it at that. And you've got to watch it to figure out why that happens. It seems like uh, the crew that's being brought in is all very friendly with each other. Yeah. And you were just talking about how you're yeah. having such a good time on set, kind of running with something. Is that kind of the feeling behind the scenes most of the time? Extremely, extremely collaborative. You know, I mean, and I don't want to put it the idea that, oh, everybody's, you know, ad libbing stuff. Nathan, uh, Alan and what he's writing, he's, he's like the, he's the, the mad genius, you know. I mean, he's, the, two, he's the mad out, funny genius. Two out of three of the partners are actors, so it's very actor friendly. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's a set that allows what you know some people call collaboration, but it's just a very warm and inviting and actors come first kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, everybody's despite the people who are there, everybody pretty much checks their egos at the door, and everybody's you're having such a good time. Nathan put it best yesterday. He was just talking about how. Remember when you're kids and you, all your friends get together? Hey, do you have a cape? All right, I'll wear the cape. You do this. Who wants to be? You want to be Wonder Woman? You want to be Batman? Let's do that. And everybody, okay, let's go. And you go play. Mm. That's, that's really, I mean, it, it, it's really how it how it feels sometimes. You know, you, you get out there and you, especially season two because you're seeing people that, you, you know, I've loved Mindy Sterling. Uh, for years, I remember yeah. her at the Groundlings and then, you know, she, you know, with all the Austin Powers movies. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm trading lines with her, and I'm thinking, this is so cool. And I think that's something that's very interesting about this show is everybody's fans of everybody. Liam McIntyre, for instance. That was my guilty pleasure was Spartacus. My wife wouldn't watch it. She's like, I'm going to sleep. I won't sleep. And that, But the over-the-top gore, and I thought he was great, and, and I got to work with Peter Mensa, who was in that, and I love that show. Well, it turns out both of those guys play video games, and they've, they're like, you, you're Nathan Drake in Uncharted. You're... And they and, and I'm kind of having this moment going, no, I'm a fan of yours. And they're like, no, we're fans of and you. And all of a sudden, you, you, you realize that everybody, we're literally we're fans of each other. And now you get to sit with them and, and work with them. And like I said, trading lines. It's, it's a big, happy sandbox. And nobody's, you know, you know anybody who starts getting an ego and kicking sand is thrown out. But um, what we're also really excited about is, I mean, I, I don't know if you followed this from the beginning, but, you know, there's the comment series that we did, but we also put out the comic book Spectrum. We also have the motion comics of Spectrum that came out now with Made Fire. Um, we're do, writing the novels right now. But next month we have the global release of Con Man the Game. It's an iOS uh, and Android app where you get to go and build your own con. 
Yeah. And then the, yeah. well, you, you you have to. Joss Whedon's your janitor. Kevin Smith's your security guard. <laughs> Mindy's your promoter. He's your uh, Jerry runs around, gives you missions, gives you, gives you missions, and you expand it. And uh, and that's actually very what's very exciting for me. Uh, I'm hoping you guys know it, but I've been doing games for a while, <laughs> and yeah. uh, this is my first opportunity. They came to me, approached me to be a producer. So this is the first time I've actually got to you know help call the shots rather yeah. than just go in and, and yell the shots uh, or whatever. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm flattered and, and just so excited to be, you know, have this be the first thing that I get to put my name on as, as a co-producer with everybody yeah, because it's, it's a, it's a really, really big deal. It's Freema Studios uh, up in Quebec City. Yes. Not Montreal. Not Montreal. He came where I accidentally it. booked my own ticket, saying I'm a producer now, and I flew to Montreal. <laughs> and our meeting was our meeting was in Quebec, and I'm in the hotel going, buddy. Uh, I said, how far is it from the, the how far is the hotel from the airport? He's like 20 minutes. I said, and the driver only spoke French. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, what does 227 kilometers mean? <laughs> next thing I know, I'm on a train. Oh, my this going next, and he's he's saying, next time, let me book the tickets. <laughs> so. That was my first act as a producer, so it wasn't the best one. But I've done better since then. I've had some it's good, good some, creative input. There's you, the other, when you build your con up, the uh, the aliens from Spectrum come and start to trash your con. So this is I'm just starting it right now. So my con's really tiny right yeah. now, and the uh, the aliens come in and start tearing your booth down and start setting them on the fire. So you have to get cosplayers. If you can see inside here, there's you collect, one. Now. You collect cosplayers. You get a cosplayer and you give you find buttons. And you give them powers, and then they go into a battle arena, and you fight the aliens. So it's one of the first over-the-top kind of, um, you know, R not really RPG. But it's a Sims game. game. Yeah, Sims like game, battle element. but it has a battle element where you actually have to. And see, here's Nudie Judy right now. So I've got an old grandma streaker going through. <laughs> so and now everybody's As upset. So now my hype of my con's going down. So they'll start leaving the con now. So this is accurate. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So now I gotta That's go. Happened. I gotta go hire Kevin Smith. And have him go and he get chases rid her around of, and, and he get rid chases of and goes get goes gets rid of her. Flores Junior. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're yeah. super excited about this. So it August twenty fourth. So much fun. It's been it's te it's been beta testing now in New Zealand and Australia, and it's been doing very very well. Yeah, we've been corrupting our children too. This is my daughter. She plays studio executive in heart of charge of social media. Oh, that's so <laughs> in season two, and one of the auditions with Elijah Dushku's in it in season two. She's back there on her little computer and not paying attention during the the casting, and Ray nearly goes on this rant and is like, "Yeah, and you back there, little fuckers, not nah, 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 and she's just on time. So it's a little six year old trying to teach her how to do it, and it's like. That's yeah, awesome. it's super yeah. funny. How do you wrangle all these people that have schedules all over the place? It is the in? toughest part of the job. Yeah. The toughest part. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that we want to get involved, and sometimes we have to go down different levels because we just, you know, it's schedules. Like we had a lot of people from Walking Dead that wanted to be in it, yeah. but we shoot the exact same time. Yeah. So it's impossible. And they're in Atlanta most of the time shooting that. But I, I cleared mine. I moved everything. <laughs> I told him, I, and he said, "Tell me what days." Maybe it was just a couple. Said, we need a couple weeks here in July, and I just that that gets what we call first position. I didn't care who calls. But we, yeah, we kind of stayed in that window because like, <laughs> <laughs> the crew that we have is the crew from uh, Agents of Shield. You know, that's yep. who, our crew. We, we guy, one of the guys that uh, the gas for us. He was on uh, Gravity. I mean, we got a fantastic crew, but we have this little sweet spot where. 
all the big shows are off, and then and we come in there. And the crew was very much like a lot of the actors. Where when we're having that much fun and laughing and trying things, and it's and it's so funny. You know, the crew's not immune to that. So they're, you know, some of them, it's like it was their break from their normal shows. And they could go on vacation. The show, one guy was telling me, he's like, this is like a vacation. This is the funniest thing I've ever been around. And it's not just what we're filming. It's, you know, between the takes. So it's, it's, um, it's one of my favorite on-camera jobs I've ever had, it, you know, for people Yes, I do do on camera. Because <laughs> it's funny. And, and it's funny. And I'm, but the funny thing is I met people there and I'm doing that and then I said yeah well I, I gotta do this game and say oh you do any voiceover <laughs> so it's like oh they, people do exist it's very strange that those two worlds sort of like miss it's like a, a freeway with a, a really tall median we're that close and you never see them but you know but Alan who does tons of, I mean Alan and I met doing some cartoons together and people don't they're like they think of him first because of you know he rose to prominence on camera yeah, but I don't think yeah. there's a game or cartoon being made right now that you're not in. Well, that's it's under con- it's my contract. <laughs> I was talking with the Gears of War guys last mm-hmm. night, and I said, "Well, Gears Five, let's make it happen." And they're like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> <laughs> let's grab it. Let's go for lunch. Oh God, tonight I'm going to this show at ten. I'm doing this one at eleven. I'm doing this. Got to do something. You got you know I got I got mouth to feed. <laughs> So I had the pleasure of interviewing you guys uh, way back in Orlando last year at MegaCon huh. at the, I guess it was like a cake cutting and remember that? Oh, that party of yeah. fans that we had yeah. outside. We're going to do that again this year, Dragon Con, oh, great. when the, yeah, the yeah, weekend the game was... comes out. So we're just going to have an impromptu yeah, party. That was <clears> incredible <throat> and uh, great to see, you know, how, how receptive the fans were and how excited they were. How has it been since then seeing everything just blow up? Because so much has happened since then. It's been a little over a year now. Is, is it strange to see it just... Kind of balloon and you, you think about that, you know, I hear that you walk down there and you saw it at Comic-Con HQ today and all that stuff and right. you see the posters of it now and you, people walk up to you and they, you know, you were even saying they come up to you now and know you for Jerry Lansing at signings. And yeah, they asked me for pictures of like, why don't you have any Jerry Lansing pictures? You know, because wow. I usually it's Deadpool and mm-hmm. Nathan Drake and mm-hmm. Penguin and different things like that. And, and I said, yeah, I never usually do pictures of myself. <laughs> and some lady's like, well, Jerry's not really you, right? I'm like, Good call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, do I don't see a balloon. It's been this, you get in the back of a motorboat and you're just trying to hold on. So it's just been this constant thing picking up speed all along. And you start delegating things and try to stay focused on what what's next. So, you know, we've got to get season, we want to do season three and four together next year because we're releasing them together yeah. foreign. So, well, let's start shooting two seasons at a time now. I don't think it's blown up yet. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think on the precipice. I, I really think season two. I I, I told you this all weekend yeah. and, and before. Season two, you really get to see people, like who, what is Jerry about? What is Bobby about? And and there's just it expands this enough, and I think that'll do it in season three and four. You just good shows I that I like, and I think most people like you. You have characters in there that you you root for characters you want to. You want to see what Kramer's going to do, you know, when Seinfeld ends heyday. What is what is crazy Kramer going to do? Um, these shows and it cheers these. They're they're built around great characters and that and great writing and that's what I think this show has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, you know, we know about it. And but you know, people, as soon as this thing just, I think it's it's it, like you said, it's building steam. And we could be sitting here a year from now, and you'd be like, same question. Like, now it's now it's <laughs> now, yeah, now, now I, it's I think out. you know. I mean, because it's really good. It's I, it's it's quality, and sometimes quality gets nixed in television. The fact that 
we're doing it a different way, our Do, own different way. Different way, your own way, and they own it. I mean, that's the great thing, you know. And that, like we, like you started this whole thing off, Comic Con HQ, like one note. It was like one that's note. Awesome. Um, and super that, rare too, that, right? Yeah, that's that's unheard of. That's yeah. again, that's like we're all going in the sandbox and no chaperones. <laughs> that's what that's yeah. what it is. And we got some stuff that there should have been <laughs> notes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say the one note was on the uh, 500 feet away from school or something? No, the one note was where Bobby's character goes, and that's why I'm not allowed to escort children anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm tr I'll try to pull you this one picture up that'll just go. Oh, I have to see what that is. I don't even know. Wait, I gotta find it. I don't have my glasses on. I don't want to age myself. Well, but you, 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 you keep talking. I'll find it. And then right, we'll, I'll vamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was great. Uh, you know, the the musical. I was happy enough to be part of that even though I was Candy's dog watching Lou Ferrigno just jump around like that and Leslie Jordan's back you know just running around doing his thing that's a that's a sausage wow so Bobby uh, Bobby's before she officially becomes Ray's agent she she's working in a Whole Foods stores doing massages and selling sausages all at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> stuffing the sausage up underneath the guy. <laughs> and they're and they're roadkill flavored sausages. It's just it's crazy. It's, it's crazy fun. You know, it's just it's silly fun. It's it's I hope it becomes people's just guilty pleasure. And you don't you know, I think you know, it, it first of all the con goers, sure, that's an immediate audience, but I think it it's broader than that. It just is. It's cause it's funny, it's well written, and I think when people get to really See, I think with Comic Con HQ and that kind of format, you know, people can just download it to their tablets, TV, right to their TV, whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. You can get that like on iTunes now. What? I mean, the Comic Con HQ. It's, it's part it's of it. Roku. 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 Okay. Be in Amazon, like if you're Amazon Prime, you can add it on. <laughs> It'll be just a smart TV channel, and you know, just like you Hulu just, or something. Just, yeah, you just yeah. download the little app on your smart TV, and it'll all be there. That that highway that I was talking about, where there's like voiceover and gaming and things, mm. that line is blurring with mm. the amount of money that happens. When I did Star Trek with J.J. Abrams, who only asked me to be in it because he's an Uncharted fan, mm -hmm. you know, I was two weeks and I'm on a starship. They built a starship. Did I tell you that? <laughs> they built. It. At one point, I look at him. He said, "Hey, man, you having fun?" I said, "So this panel that I stand in front of, this is cost." This costs more than than I cost, and he goes <laughs> a lot more. Than <laughs> and I just and you know, but he was like, and he said, you know, what's funny. He said, he said, no matter this, how well this does, you know, fingers crossed, this movie, he said, it still won't compare to what your budget on Uncharted was and what it all make, you know, and and you know, and you guys all know how yeah. gaming, yeah. but it's mm -hmm. it's all entertainment. It's all yeah. you know. People always say, well, who, you know, what do you like more? Is it? With this kind of acting or real acting, poor Mark mm -hmm. Hamill was asked, like, do you like uh, mm -hmm. real acting or voice acting? And he was like, Ooh. he's like, it's all acting. And I've said that. I don't care if it's a live audience, a camera, or a microphone. You got to deliver a performance. Are you and acting with, right now? I am. I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm. Now I'm doing. Um, no, but it, it's it's funny, you know, with the amount of money that these, what what everybody's here for. Mm -hmm. It's it's the lines blurred and this show our game it's all we're really blurring it up we're right we're on the cusp of everything that and and, and Comic Con HQ is doing such a great job because they're just going yeah let's bring all that together mm -hmm. you know with they've got um, Allison Hayslip yeah uh, moderating a bunch of panels doing doing the interviews and she was big at G four and she's on our show and yeah. so 
you know, it's you know, I'm, I people know me from voiceover, but now they're, they're like, oh, he does that too. And, and you have know. you seen the channel? Have you gone through the channel yeah. to see it? Where yeah, they, I, I love the way they categorize it, like dystopias you might want to live in. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and and the other great thing with our game and the show is, uh, you know, even though this became funded with Lionsgate, yeah, it, it, the fans were still there. You're saying over 600 fans from season one returned. To be extras. I mean, they flew from all over the country, France, uh, and, the, and the world, England. to be part of it. And um, that's one of the things I love about our game, and I think people will really grasp to it. Is there are actual fans yeah, that those, were supporters? Those cosplayers are fans from the Indian that we've animated. Campaign. We had Freema Studios animate oh, them, cool. and we think in the future get other cosplayers yeah. and maybe yeah. a contest, yeah. you know, at a con or something. The person who wins, your image gets made. You're going to be one of the new cosplayer. Uh, Characters in our game, and you so that's why we want to do. We want this to be something that, you know, it's like, it's like for the people and of the people, you know. <laughs> but it's like the, it's not just all the animated things. Like, look, that's that's my uncle Terry. Look and at you that, can, and you, you know, can, you want to. You, you it, click on the crowd, and random names come up from the backers in yeah. the thing. So if you just keep clicking on the crowd, eventually you'll find your name. You, you should create press people to chase around the famous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, that's, you know what? what it, that's a great idea. Room, right? yeah. 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 Let me get that picture. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, but, but it, and we can do that. We, and, and we I know think people. That we, know we know each people. other. If yes. I can find the place where they make the game. Yes. <laughs> you, if whoever came I'll in book, late. I'll book the plan. The, what is the overall end goal for all of this? Like, where would you like to see it go? World Imagine domination. I want to buy an island. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess ideally we would love it just to become part of pop culture. You know, you, you think of cons and now you'll think of con man and you'll think of the spectrum and you'll want to play the game. It'll just be a natural part. Like I really predict come next con, you're going to start seeing performances of Mice and Men, the musical, I'm with Stupid. You're <laughs> going to see it. I mean, all the, all, the car, all the backgrounds were done by cartoon artists. All the props are handmade. Like it's an easy thing to put on. The music's hilarious. I'd go see it if somebody here put on a version of it. So we just want to come become enmeshed that's the right word? Enmeshed into this Immersed. World. Immersed. That's a better word. The way Nathan and Alan already are, you know, like the people today thought, you know, called somebody called them the royalty. You know, they are in a sense. So for them to create a product that just becomes a staple of this environment would be kind of cool. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, the, one thing that really should not be understated is, you know, Nathan, Philly, and Alan Tudyk have done very well for themselves. You know, they are, they are bona fide stars. They are the most down-to-earth, best, you know, along with this guy, executive producers I've ever, could ever work for, could ever ask to work for, because, you know, they, I mean, they are, I mean, their humility is the only thing that surpasses their talent. I mean, it's, it's amazing yeah, when you, you just get to sit with them and they're just as normal and cool and uh, smart, and smart funny. And, and funny, you know, and uh, again, it's like, you know, these are the guys that can high school you want to hang out with their group love your friend and, and that's you know that's kind of how i feel you know like high school was not good for me <laughs> it was not it was not i mean a lot of my my drive and passion in this business is to put in people's faces that i went to school with and you you know who you are <laughs> um but they're the, they're the cool guys they're the cool guys they're, they're like you know they're the cool guys in school that you want to hang out with and and i'm i'm 
I'm flattered that they let me hang in the group. It's mm-hmm. good to hear. You got a ton of press people looking back through your old high school yearbooks. <laughs> like, who is he talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. I can't wait for Con Man Con when it all comes back around. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, we're thinking about doing a Spectrum Con. Oh. Yeah. And then just film it. And that way we don't have to keep building these very expensive con. You know what it's how much it costs to recreate pieces of San Diego Comic Con? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Well, if you need any stand-in press for the yeah. yes. shows here. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You, know, you are going to be animated. I'm yeah. already studying voices. <laughs> but I do like the idea because we don't have any press in there. That's one piece we're you missing. Have to have, yeah. yeah. Can yeah. I copyright that I suggest? Yeah. That? Just real quick. Just <laughs> no, I, I make suggestions. Or? I don't get writing credit. Nathan's already claiming it somewhere. So uh, yeah, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, in case you missed the Hall H, he yeah. created this whole thing. <laughs> He's very good at that self-facing, self-facing humor. Yeah. Well, on that note. Yes. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for listening. For everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com/thegeekgeneration and follow at @geekgeneration on Twitter. Watch live podcasts and gaming at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we'll see you then. Later. Make it so.